Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. I am Peter, and returning after a one-week absence, although he missed the fifth week, uh, Matt's here. I'm back! And Connor is also here. Actually, do you know what you missed last week, Matt? You missed Bonus uh, Red Hood. Yeah, but that's okay. I also missed Screen Arrow Year One, which is one of my favorite stories in... Yeah, yeah, that's so, true. You also missed the, art, the Supergirl Diggle. annual, which was really annoying because it was just me that read it. Did you read? Have you read the annual yet? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I read all my books last week. Well, all all two of them. Oh, yeah, all two of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I wasn't here doesn't mean I didn't read. Well, no, I was just coming yeah. to it. I was curious as what you thought of the Supergirl annual. Uh, uh, a, a lot of Legion stuff, although stuff's not lining up. So I wonder if they're just holding stuff back. From, possibly. Uh, possibly. Because of Doomsday Clock, because when I talked to, and this, this will be a name drop, um, the the artist, what's his name? Fabak. He had said that uh, he had a different opening entirely for the button. Um, and John said he wanted to save that for something else. So it kind of mm-hmm. makes me wonder if they've changed plans kind of mid-stream from it, you know, with Emerald Empress. Maybe maybe not uh, change plans. Maybe it's just that John's always had something in his head, and then other writers had ideas. And yeah, well, not change plans, shifted plans, I should say, because the plans are still there. Hmm. But like to go from Emerald Empress saying that it was Saturn Girl that wrecked things to being the Supergirl, like yes, well, she's, just, it, it means a little hollow to me. They kind of write that off though. It's her been like it's her own delusion that's kind of like leading her down this alternate path. Right. Uh, so but but I but, feel like they could have like that's just two subtle changes in the script. Yeah. They can shift it. Again, a shift, not a change. But either way, I I enjoyed it. I mean, you, well, know, you had gigantic You had Grundy picking up a road Grundy. to shield himself yeah. from Supergirl, so you know, fun fun yeah. was had. Uh, and, and Indigo playing some kind of new superhero, like that was strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Although I cut Connor off before he said hi. Connor, do you want to say hi to people? Oh, that's all right. I, you, you you ramble along. <laughs> oh Well, let's see. Um, I can't help it. I like Supergirl. She's part of the Kryptonian family. I feel we're related. I got lots to say. Wait, so you see yourself as Kryptonian, Matt? <laughs> just, just for look clarification. At my, look at my room. I just can't process Yellow Sun because I have an allergy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was going to try throwing a car at you to see if you survived, but yeah, that's fine, that's fine. I probably survived, but once I get out of the hospital, I'm going to be really angry. <laughs> um, yeah, so we talk about DC Comics. Uh, usually the tangent at the start's not about comics. Somehow we actually tangented about DC Comics before I told you what's coming up in this week's show. Uh, so what are we talking about today? We're talking about Batman number 30, we're talking about Superman number 30, we're talking about Green Lantern's number 30, we're talking about Green Arrow number 30, uh, and then just to sort of break the, the little trend there, we get Nightwing 28 and Deathstroke number 23, and that is it, mm. six, six books. Typically, you, you say breaking a trend. Half of the books are Green Lantern related this week. Mm-hmm. I was talking purely about the numbers, but you are you are somewhat correct in that. Well, half more, more like a third. No, three out of six. What's the third one? Oh, duh. Superman, Green Arrow, <laughs> Green Man. Lanterns. Ah, lanterns okay. related, not Green Lanterns related. Yeah. Ah, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so so that's what's coming up uh, this week. Now, typically Connor will uh, tackle his Red Hood commitment from Patreon on a week one. However, he tells me that that will not be happening on this particular month. I didn't get time to get to it. Yeah. So 
what next week week after some point when i have a quiet oh well a quieter week enough to have time to read it it'll be one of the weeks it'll, it'll come it's just don't know which one yet okay. I, I can't say that i blame him because i had done the same well, I did oh, one last good. week, so maybe... maybe... Oh, yeah, I, I really didn't want to do one two weeks in a row. That yeah, the, the thought of sitting down with another one after just doing the... And it was a bigger issue last week as well. It was an annual. Connor, I'll ask you first. How was your week this week? Um, How was my week? Do you know what? I, I can't really remember it, which is probably a, a mixed sign. Like it, can't, it, it can't have been awful, but it can't have been particularly great either. Boring week then, okay. So... Yeah. Typical, yeah. standard, yeah, okay. Uh, Matty, you got a more interesting answer for the question. I, I mean, my brother was in town, and, you know, I took him to the shop with me, and I just slapped Red Hood and the Outlaws out of his hand, so that was, that was good. <laughs> I said, no, no brother of mine's going to put up with that. But, yeah, it was just a super busy week at work, and struggled to, to fit in my comics, however few they were this week. But, you know, that's what happens when you're left in charge. It's oh. a scary thought. Responsibilities. Well, Man. It's running like a finely tuned machine that sometimes has a loud thud. But you're just like, don't worry about it. It'll be able to work itself out. <laughs> I'm just, I'm picturing Matt. You know, obviously right now we've got a hurricane head heading for Florida. Mm-hmm. And, you know, evacuations yep. are happening and all that. I'm just picturing Matt in charge at work. Looking like there's a hurricane around him. And he's just sitting there. You know, that dog in the fire. Yeah, you know, the image online. You know, this is mm-hmm. fine. Just Matt this sitting is fine. there. Yeah. yeah, sure. The dog may be toppling of, over, but you know, I'm, I'm okay. You have no idea what that was like yesterday, because we had we had a slight rainstorm, and as you know, you can't let students out in the rain because you can't trust them. It's like letting dogs out to the rain; they're just going to get soaking wet. So, uh, a bunch of screaming preteens trapped in a cafeteria. This this baffles me. Not allowed out in the rain. Yeah, because again. It's not that they're going to get hurt. It's the fact that they're going to stop being wet and still have to continue through the day. Yeah. I can't comprehend. Uh, this, is what, this is what happens when you live in the desert and you're used to being dry 90%. This, this is it. What, is this, what is this water coming from the sky? And <laughs> this is it. I grew up in England. It's, it's wet. You, 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 just, you go out in the rain, well, you get wet. That's I it. live in a desert and it's the complete opposite. Yeah. Sounds like hell. If you step foot out here, Connor, you'd burn like like kindling. Yeah, probably. Sounds like it's hell. He'd be the human torch. But without the cool thing, you know, where yeah. you can turn it off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or with the style, or the attitude, or the... Any appeal whatsoever, really. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. So <laughs> it's more of the ginger done. thing. <laughs> <laughs> kind of grotesque. We know there's a heart of gold somewhere in there, but, you know. Oh, God. I'm actually, I'm disappointed they picked Irma for the hurricane, because I feel like, I, I, want to, I want them to pick a name for a hurricane where I know someone with that name so I can crack some jokes. And Yeah, well, last year was Hurricane Matthew, and let me tell you, uh-huh. my wife made that one like it was, uh, you know, like she was getting paid to, <laughs> to say it. Uh, the one hurricane I went through back in 96, uh, and I was on a cruise with my dad, was Hurricane Bertha, which was a name he used to tease my mom with, and they had just got divorced. So he felt that was her retribution going. Yeah. <laughs> Bertha's coming Bertha. for you. It's just yep. revenge. Yep. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, 
Let's talk about comics then, shall we? Yeah. Got to go into that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, we, we have six books to discuss. We'll start off with, as we typically do, if there's no, no headlining event, book or anything like that, Batman number 30 uh, by Tom King and Clayman. You say no headlining event, but within the last four or five issues this has been running, I mean... Oh, sure. It's been, it's been pretty... Like, I was very skeptical at first. But the longer I read this, the more I enjoy it. So, like, I would say fair enough it's a headlining event. The War of Jokes and Riddles, that is. Well, that's, that's fair, but if it wasn't, we'd still be doing Batman first. So I think that was well, my point. Well, true. More than well, I'm just else. saying, it, it, I just want to give it that title. And for me to give Batman a title like that, it's Tom King's doing something right. Yeah. So, yeah. He's a uh, king of the hill. Yeah. King of the castle. I have a chair. I have a chair. Uh-huh. <laughs> Carl's just disappointed that I made a pun based on his name. Uh. I get this all the time. The amount of it, shit it, I get when we talk about TV and I make a lot of pun like, about someone. But, but this is the thing, you do it too many times. If, 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 if this was the only one in a vacuum, like the only one Matt has to experience, it's amusing. When you, When you do puns like, you know, Three, four times a week. It's like okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done with them now. But that's the point. They're terrible. You're supposed to love them. It's a running joke. It's fun. In, in, in small doses. In small. Mm. Hey, okay, Carl's been a buzz kill. We're talking about Batman. Let's talk about <laughs> proper <laughs> things. Sad <laughs> trombone. Carl, you're the kite man of this this podcast. I want you to know that. Hell yeah. <laughs> so he is. He is. Uh, yes, isn't it? I'll take it. It even, it even looks like he's wearing green today. It kind of is a an, an olive green. I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I like Joker more, but I think I'm more the Riddler and Matt's more the Joker because he's unpredictable. And then Connor's just Kite Man in the middle. Am I unpredictable? Well, you got I feel rage. Like you can set a clock to. Mm, that's true. You got rage outbursts though. Yeah, but they're predictable. They it's like when you when you when you prod him about like Batman v Superman. That's you, not. You, I, I did you, that you, last you, night. <laughs> I was subjected to a Justice League trailer on the big screen last night, and I had my family lean over at the theater like this to me to watch my reaction to the trailer. It's, it's when people say this looks really good, and I'm like, deep breaths. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, in in the the mild fuzz Facebook group, I've become somewhat of a self parody. Anytime someone mes- uh, mentions Jessica Chastain, I have to chime in. Anytime someone mentions bears, I have to chime in. It's the, This is my life now. Mm. Uh, also, what's the face from Game of Thrones you like? Yeah, that, that's past, though. Is that past? I no, still have photographic evidence of your obsession. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> yes, With, you do. Uh, what's her face? Sophie Turner? Sophie Turner. Is, is this all just because she went blonde, Matt? Uh, partially. Partially. <laughs> so predictable. Again! <gasps> yeah. What about Chastain's been blonde at several occasions? Yeah, but she's naturally redhead. It's fine. It's fine. Isn't I think. Sophie Turner naturally redhead? No. No? Look no. natural no. enough, but okay. I'll tell you. What. you you're clearly the one who's done the research into this, so I'm He's not going to argue. Duh. <laughs> uh, duh. 
Anyway, Kite Man. We're going to talk about Kite, well, Batman, but oh, Kite yeah. Man <laughs> specifically this issue. Um, so this was the second of the two Kite Man issues of uh, War Jokes and Riddles. Uh, and much like, I mean, it wasn't maybe as hard-hitting as the last one, but it still had some mm-hmm. hard-hitting elements, especially towards the end. Uh, the narration wasn't exactly cheery. It was him remembering this conversation mm-hmm. with his son, who was killed in the last issue that he had focused on him. And it's him trying to sort of explain to his son why his mother called him a joke and explain that he's maybe not a joke or maybe he is a joke. And, you know, because ultimately his son keeps asking and he eventually's like, yeah, okay, I'm a joke, but we're all kind of jokes. You know, you have to laugh with them or because if you don't, yep. then you're just being laughed at. And you're not part of it. And yeah, so it parallels what he goes through through this because throughout the issue, we see that Batman has picked a side. Okay, and I'm going straight there. He wants the credit. He wants to rub it in, so he's going straight there. But, but you see how how slowly Riddler's forces have overtaken um, Riddler's forces have overtaken Joker to the point that it's really only Joker and Kite Man left. And it's kind of the reason that Kite Man is allowed to keep going is because he is a joke. You know, like no one can take him seriously. He's just a dude with a kite, and you know. Uh, uh, Compared to the last issue where you saw him getting motivated to join this because Riddler had poisoned that kite strain of his son's. And he kind of, it's not necessarily an arc, but you, you think that he's going to have this almost heroic display. And it turns out, no, he's still just Kite Man. He's, he's still just Kite Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. as you were getting that though, Batman did pick a side. And it's introduced mm-hmm. in a pretty fun way with a joke where they're talking yeah. about, because it's a. It's, it's, uh, Kite Man and is it uh, Tweedledum? Tweedledum, yeah, yeah, yep. And they're 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 talking about oh we're worried about this next fight with uh, Riddler's army and Kite Man mm-hmm. says yeah but like no no one hits harder than Batman who who could Riddler have that hits as hard as Batman turn the page and Batman's got a Riddler Damn. symbol on his his arm and he's yeah. punching him in the Kinda face. Kind of uncomfortable with uh, Batman with the armband on like. <laughs> no, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, it was green and it's a big question mark on it. Is it a fair thing it's but what still... you'd wear if you're like the confused party? Can, can we just take a moment to go back to that first page and notice all the, the penguins with cameras yeah. on their heads? Penguins with cameras on their heads, yeah. That's, that's it, oh, it, it's straight it, from Tim Burton. It, it is, like but from... I love it. Yeah. Well, I, just, I just don't want that to be overlooked. Well, I feel like we're going like... to get into Kite Man, we're going to get into Batman, and I want to mention the penguins. Well, it's also like, what's Penguin up to? Because we saw him early into this, where Joker basically said, you're on my side. You know? So, but yeah, we haven't seen him like we've seen some of the he's, others. He's, he's supplying security, clearly. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, obviously, Kite Man informs Joker that Batman has picked Riddler's side. And then from there, we basically get this series of scenes of different villains either explaining that they fought Batman as part of this war, or finding out. In fact, the funniest is probably Mr. Freeze, who's who's uh, with Kite Man. He's like, oh, you, you worry too much, my kited friend. And then the Batarang like, sort of cracks in I, front of his helmet. I have this down to a science. Yeah, And he's like, yeah. oh, well, okay, we're losing. <laughs> That's yeah. basically his response when he sees the Batarang. It's <laughs> really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the page with uh, the ventriloquist. The, the, there's just the, the, the blooming sort of blue kind of light of the water uh, splashing yeah. on them. Uh, so it's a really pretty page. Yeah, it is. And it's also, it ties back into the second arc uh, in Suicide, because mm. we've seen Wesker without uh, Scarface, 
So it's like, has he been without him this whole time? Is King planning a, a story now with Ventriloquist? Yeah, maybe, maybe, he maybe he's planting seeds. For... I'd, so, I'd be down for it. I think, I think King could I mean, do too. justice. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we also have a really interesting scene with Two-Face, actually, which I actually like more from just sort of like subtly exploring the effects of Batman getting involved. The idea that yep. Batman's conditioned for signing up to help Riddler is that no one in his side can kill anymore. And you have Two-Face arguing with himself, as you know Two-Face is known to do, about how mm-hmm. he's not supposed to be killing anyone now because Batman's on their side. Uh, yep. And I thought that was an interesting dynamic because it makes sense. Of course, Batman would say, "Like, okay, like I'm joining up. We're going to win this, but ain't no killing." You know? Yeah, I also like that you never see Two Face. He's off screen mm. or off panel. Yeah, all so time. I think there's one wide shot and he's in silhouette. But yep. yeah, you never see like detail on him or anything like that. And and the way they handle that too is that one is talking on the top panel, and then in the reflection because they're on top of this bridge, it looks like they're in, mm. in a park, and. And then the other one, I think it's Two Face answers Harvey about it, and it's just really well done. It's... Yeah, and I like it goes to Clue Master and Clue Master and Kite Man, like because at this point, so basically the idea is that all these villains have been taken out by Batman as he goes along, and <sighs> it's him and Clue Master and Clue Master's like, right, okay, well Batman, this is a good development because if we try to leave Joker, he'd kill us. If we try to go back to Riddler, he'd kill us for not picking him in the first place. So now Batman can just win. And we can sneak away, <laughs> and everything's okay. That's the plan. It's uh, good logic. It's good logic. Then you know he has an encounter with Scarecrow, which has some fun. Mm. Um, and you know that's I actually love the page after that when he's like just he's just he's just lying, playing dead almost on like the side of the road at the yeah. bridge, and it's just like this like series of all these wide panels of him yeah. like trying to stand up, and he's like, like grabbing onto the fence, trying to like prop himself back up because you know you can actually tell that it's getting harder and harder for him to stand back up. He keeps getting beat yep. down, and he yeah. keeps struggling. I, I, to get back I think up. the art's so strong that when he's walking away at the end, you can kind of tell he's doing that like shuffling limp. Mm, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm over it. I think this is it. I I feel like we're gonna be getting a a turn out of Kite Man where I even if it wasn't intended, I feel like King's gotten a love of this character. And I can kind of see him showing up in a supporting role, kind of like Deanie did with Riddler as the mm. type of detective. I, honestly, detective. I, I can see it going even further, and at least in the sense of it won't just be that he, he flirts with being a hero. I could actually see him becoming a full-on like force for good. I could, I could see that he, being well, like a, a development. He's clearly the successor to the cow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean like that. I just mean like, like you know, when Bendis was writing Daredevil, we would get checked in with. Uh, the guy yeah. that would make the costumes, I forget what his hero, or his villain name was. He's like that Roman guy. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking um, about. Yeah, he makes the stills. Yeah, but so, but but we would check in with him, and you know, Daredevil helped him with his daughter and and stuff. And I just feel that's what type of tone I'm getting from Kite Man here is why build him like this? We have these two yeah. issues at the Ballad of Kite Man, just I, to not do anything with him. Yeah, I can see more being done with them. I can see him becoming more of a sort of ally who he's, he's yeah. too good. He's too tragic and mm-hmm. almost pathetic to be a proper villain, isn't he? Yeah. 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 And I can almost see that being the point of like, okay, I'm going to fight on the other side because maybe I can do some good. It's like, because I can mm-hmm. almost see the argument because if Batman ever like, just talks to him about it, he's like, look, your son was killed by a criminal. Like, yeah. you know. Use that rage, use that passion, and do something good with it. Like I can see the the, the discussion clearly happening in my head. Yeah, clearly he's good at making kites, right? Or else Joker wouldn't have gone to him. <laughs> what right? a weird thing to say about someone. Clearly he's good at making kites. 
So he has he has one thing he's really good at. So it shows that he has focus. You know, and that's also his the through line here is his son's like I could never get the kite to fly. Do you reckon he could design Batman a really cool new cape? Or something. Well, we, I see, mean, we see Cape Man flying in this with just like a single like, cape. Right, right, glider. that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, we, we, and we, yeah. we know Batman's capes, you know, it's like whatever, but like, could it be cooler? Could it be better if Kite Man got a hold of it? It was like, right, I can, I can, I I can make so. you fly for longer or, you know, whatever. He wouldn't need to use those grapples anymore. He would just float around yeah. on air currents. I feel like we need someone cool. who actually understands physics to chime in here and say why this is tell us that we're wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> Cars from the multiverse, masters of science. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, you have that thing where Joker's talking about how successful they all are, and it cuts to just Kite Man on his own, sitting in this like yeah. auditorium with no one else there. Um, and then I love the fight after this, because Batman's fighting Kite Man, and he's just saying, like, please stay down. Like, he's, you know, he's, stay down, please. Like, it's actually a really powerful kind of little fight. And that's kind of what finally brings Kite Man in. He's finally, you know, brought in himself. And he's in this interrogation room. We, we end the little story with the, with the kid where, you know, you have to laugh with him and all the rest of it. And I actually think this scene at the end where it, Batman's there, but it's actually Riddler comes in and Riddler like, comes in to interrogate him. And he's like, all right, so you're going to be you know, you're going to be willing to help us and tell us where Joker is. You're basically going to flip and be an informant. And I think the most powerful panel of the entire book. Like, So Batman's behind Riddler over the shoulder. You don't see him in every panel. You see him in the centre panels. And the first one is just over the shoulder. He's like in complete sort of you know shadow silhouette. You can see a little bit of detail in the head. But he's just this presence behind him. The one in the middle of the page where Riddler says, um, even after I killed your boy, you'd still squeal. I love that panel because Riddler's again all in shadow, but you see the smile. But behind him, you see Batman, and I love that because for Batman's character, it kind of shows how hard this is. That he's just had heard Riddler say, "Yeah, I just killed your son," and quite recently, and Batman's right. working with him. I, I think it's just... really notable that on on that bit of Batman, you see less of him because uh-huh. he looks further away than in the top center yeah. panel. But the eyes are lit up here, like you can you can feel him staring at Riddler. Yeah, well, it's just, it's, 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 just, it's Riddler's like pride that's it, coming before the fall. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's also the panel where Riddler looks most like Joke. You know, with the, the hat and yeah. the green. It's, it's very Killing Joke sort of image, mm-hmm. isn't it? And you just you feel the discomfort from Batman in this scene. Doesn't say a word, but it, you feel it. No, because it looks like he's pulling away a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, and and this whole thing with with Joker was like anarchy, and and Riddler was fascism. It's you know, it's order versus chaos, and right now order's one, but that's the thing with chaos. It's never truly solved, So, and that's what makes a joke versus a riddle is that the joke's unexpected. Yeah. So, you know, just playing more into that whole thing that we talked about the last issue. Yeah. We actually end this uh, Kate Man issue with the same, same words. It ends with Kate Man, hell yeah, but it, in this case, it's uh, Riddler... Basically saying you're pathetic, you're this, you're that, you're, and Kite Man chimes in with Kite Man, and then Riddler sarcastically says, "Hell yeah." So you know it's it's kind of poignant. You know it's like poetry. It rhymes to uh, quote the infamous George Lucas when making the Star Wars prequels. You be? No, it's like poetry. It rhymes. That's a famous quote from him during the Star Wars prequels. Being okay. I try to forget all of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, 
But it also, so I've always thought of Riddler kind of as this, he's only kind of a villain because he has this mania, like he has to commit crimes and, and leave clues. This is totally rewritten that for me. So there's no way, like, this guy can ever be saved. He's that far gone. Whereas you have, like, Ivy and Two-Face, or they, they might work it, on the side it, of the It's angels. funny that you did mention that, that Dini stuff with Riddler yeah. as the detective, where he was kind of noble. He was mm-hmm. kind of in the same way that, you know, the, the sirens were kind of reformed. They weren't necessarily yeah. heroes, but, you know, they were, they were all right. And then Riddler was kind of like that for a good while. Yeah. yeah. But no, here, here it seems very much that in Rebirth, we're setting up now Riddler as this version of the character. He is, he is irredeemable. Yeah, Which right. he needed, because there hasn't been that very many like standout Riddler issues or even stories. Yes, yeah, I mean, while, certainly. Yeah, so that that's good, and and I don't necessarily think Joker's. Uh, I hate myself for this. Had the last laugh, right? Or Joker mm. has the last laugh because Riddler's right there. Don't feel bad for so, that, Matt. Yeah. Cherish it. Be proud of it. No, that's all right. I feel Connor staring daggers at me. No, it's all right. Matt, Matt doesn't do it often enough. He, he gets to do one every so often. I just feel like that that Joker's not going down without Batman. That, that's it. it. He's kind of he's down to just Joker, but you get mm-hmm. they still get the feeling it's like all right, what's he what's he got left? What's his one last hurrah? He's a cornered animal, right? Yeah. Like, and that's I feel that's exactly where he wanted to be. Because we all know Joker doesn't play well with others. I'm like, actually I'm really fascinated as well. This is going now because we're down to just Joker, but we have two issues of the the main story left. Yeah. So I'm really mm. fascinated to see where we're going with these last two issues and what, what how does this war end and what, you know what effect does it have? What what is the? I mean, you already get that Batman feels guilty for even working with Riddler up until this point, but you know what is the final mm. big thing that he's really ashamed about? That you know the, the reason why he's been telling the story to Selena uh, through this arc. I'm really really curious about yeah. it. So, uh, but no, uh, so. Not surprisingly, another good uh, Batman issue from King. All right, that'll take us on to Superman number 30, Keith Champagne, writing again uh, with Ed Beans, Philip Tan, and I think Tyler Kirkham as well, all on art. Yeah, so jumping ahead, that's probably my biggest issue with this issue, was the art's kind of all over the place because of the three different artists. Mm. And it was one issue, so I don't quite get it, but that didn't make me enjoy it any less. Because I, I enjoyed the story for what it was. I I thought it was okay. I didn't like it as much as the last issue. Because the last issue for me had a lot more well, intrigue and story to it. Because it was all these kids going missing and what was causing it. Yeah, was like, you know, It had more style. Yeah. This was much more of a superhero story. Ultimately, I, I liked it. But I didn't like it necessarily as an issue of Superman. If that makes sense. Yeah, it feels like a backdoor issue at Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> more than it does a Superman yeah. issue. <laughs> yeah. Which... Which, again, if this came from the mind of Tomasi and he just had Champagne write it, it makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he probably just misses writing the core sometimes. Yeah. That's how it works its way out. Uh, just because I think the last issue, I think that I'd sum it up with one more. I'd sum it up. Last issue had atmosphere, whereas this one mm-hmm. I don't think has atmosphere. It's just kind of Sinestro's here for parallax. He ends up taking Superman to a uh, quad and has him all, you know, tied up with lantern energy and stuff. I was just trying to think of the, the right way to phrase that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, we end up having a fight with Parallax. Superman sees his worst fears, 
you know, through Parallax and through the Yellow Rings. And <laughs> um, we see a lot of interesting things, like, you know, Lois seems to have cancer and, you know, all these other things. John goes evil, that's his biggest fear, that John's going to yeah. Yeah, go nuts and be evil. And I, I wonder if that's maybe a seed for something we're going to explore down the line. Not that oh, I think John will go uh, evil, necessarily, but just... No. I mean, that that's any, I feel, that's any parent's worst fear of their kid, as they become something that you didn't raise them to be. Yeah. So, oh, I think a corner's you know. per parents. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I got nothing back of that one. Low-hanging <laughs> fruit, yeah. But, you know, the ones that struck me more is that Superman failing to save people. Because, I mean, to me, that's the crux of his character. Is oh, sure, yeah. I mean, that's... his Because all these other ones are relatively baseless, whereas him yeah. failing to save people is something he regularly probably has to put up with. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that that's his biggest weakness is he cares too much. And, like, that's what I liked in Morrison's action where he he didn't go and become a, a reporter initially. He was a firefighter. So he was basically doing what he would do otherwise yeah. just as his job. Um, so I, I like that that's his undercurrent and that's what he's thinking about. And then eventually gets to his family stuff. I, I think it says a lot about him that the you know not saving people in general is actually what mm-hmm. comes first before any yeah. other family stuff like it's yeah. it's a more present fear and even though he is yeah. of course he's worried about his family because you know right. obviously but it, well, it just like shows the, the lowest with cancer is it's just like his dad's heart attack it's right. he can't do anything about it it's, yeah it's mortality but you know you can't yeah. the people he loves are going to get sick and die at some point right. yeah yeah if, if not if not something else so uh, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think that's just fine. Um, but ultimately, it was a lot of, you know, Parallax fighting and, uh, you know, Sinestro bantering with them and all that kind of thing. And Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I was basically uh, just That's about... it. I, li- I like that stuff well enough, but I, I, I didn't necessarily want it in a Superman comic because I was, you know, I, I go to Superman to read about a Superman story and mm. then I get Sinestro and Parallax. I'm like, Okay, this is fine, but it's not really what I thought I was going to get in this issue. I, I mean, I don't mind them doing it. Because, it's, it's, I mean. Uh, it's a nice cross branding. Yeah, because like, arguably, like. So I read DC. Because if it was in Green Lantern Corps, you might then think, oh, is this too Superman for Green Lantern? So, I mean, you, I mean that can go both ways. If this ways. was in Howlin' Pals, I would have lost it. I would have thrown it, probably. <laughs> That's just because my bias. Because it's. It'd have been Vinditti writing Sinestro, and I'm just like, nah. Oh yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's but, yeah. but Champagne has again. Johns had made this, and this is kind of tying in with with Riddler and Kite Man. When when Johns had written Sinestro, he was almost this flawed hero that lost his way and got yeah. corrupted by power. Here, the it's like no, dude. This guy's a mustache mustache twirling villain. There we go. That was enough issues with that one. Yeah, yeah that's that, there was a point where he fear. just became. There's a point where he just became Space Hitler. Yeah. And so in here, that's what they're writing him more towards, is like he's just he's going to get Parallax out of Superman no matter what. And even though Superman's like, look, he's not in me, he's jumped, which was kind of a nice change because fear yeah. can take many forms. It's not going to be this big yeah. space predator. I mean, that, that was kind of the, the 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 crux of like the middle part of the issue is that it jumps from a couple of different people uh, yeah. around them. And you know, Sinestro ends up fighting them, and it's, it's kind of fine. And uh, I, I mean, probably the best moment, other than the sort of the, the nightmares of like you know what he's you know scared of mm-hmm. deep down, is probably just the end of the issue when he comes home and he just wants to watch John sleep. 
Uh, it's yeah. just a sweet little Superman moment where he's he's happy to be home. Uh, yeah. But otherwise, I, I don't yeah, think this was... Guard. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I thought that was cool they brought that back because last time I checked, Quard was obliterated and there was like a weaponer. So like the fact that they're... The fact that they're putting them at such a pedestal, I think there's more coming. Yeah, makes sense. And obviously we get the note that we'll get the, the parallax stuff picked up in Hall yeah. and Pals. Yeah. So be interesting to see if they yeah. go back with, with Quad and bring that up again. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine it would be that book that's going to bring up Quad again if, if they are going that's to. That's where I'd expect it. Yeah. But who, I mean, who knows? Sometimes they'll throw us a curveball and it'll be in Harley Quinn or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> you just don't know with that book. <laughs> yeah. but, but also with, I like when they explore new things of fear with Sinestro because he's like the master of fear but he's constantly talking about his will and it's his will that's driving his fear and then it, even his paranoia that he doesn't know where Parallax is that's another fear based yeah. thing it, it still shows why he was a Green Lantern at all it's like he right. is still you know, strong willed enough to mm. bend fear to his fear. purpose exactly you know, but then when he feels fear, it's because everyone's trying to get him, and it's very it, a dictator. It's it's the idea that you know, Greenland's the whole thing is they have to overcome fear, whereas right. he instead of overcoming it, he just directed it. Right, yeah. and that's how he took over Korrigar and became mm. Space Settler. So no, I mean I think it's an okay issue. I think the the art is spotty, and you know I remember the art in yeah. the last issue being better. Uh, that, that's the thing. I don't think individually any of them are bad. Yeah, just it's it's really it noticeable gel. when it changes. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. fluctuating. Um, so I think ultimately it's kind of a, going to be a forgettable issue for the most part. Maybe outside of one or two yeah. small moments. Man, it's so rough that this had been one of the better reads for a couple months, and then it just took this downward turn. The last two, you know, with the with the monuments, and yeah, know, and even this, this which was all right, it was it's definitely yeah. some of the weakest that the book's been at. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, is like, had, had Tomasi and Gleason not had those two rough issues before this, we'd have been like, oh, it's because it's a fill-in, and it's, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, so it's a bit weaker, but, you know, but, but because Black Dawn was kind of rough, and then those two, yep. like, field trip issues were just downright, you know. Awful. Oh, yeah, I, I was going to yeah. try to be a bit more diplomatic with my wording, I'm, I'm but not. yeah. It doesn't deserve it. But yeah, fair enough, awful. So, uh, so what's next with Superman? I think we have an all two fill-in issues, do we not? There's an all two well, I think okay. we, I think we do, because they announced it just like last week, Cause didn't it's, Yeah, it swapped, because it was originally solicited to be Tomasi and Gleason again, but then they re-solicited and they, they changed it at last minute. Okay. So yeah. I think... It, it, the end just says next apocalypse now, so... That's right. So maybe some dark side or something next yeah. issue. Well, yeah. So, so, something new gods. Stuff. As if they're not popping up enough right now. Yeah. Uh, so it's like it's like they missed the uh, the cue. It's like no, oh, this month, this is the Kirby month, and they're like no. Nah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, we have to do parallax. <laughs> I just, I'm just imagining Keith Champagne in like the DC offices. No, damn it, we need to do parallax. Parallax. This is what we do at the DC Comics. You let. That was a Twin Peaks reference parallax. for everyone who watches Twin Peaks. Thank you very much. What was that Matt? <laughs> I was like, I imagine going. You're right. Either you let me tell the parallax story, I'm putting parallax in dark side. Your choice. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, all right, do the parallax story. I feel key. like parallax and dark side would just be like, oh, this is quite cozy in here. Oh, this is quite nice. Yeah. I'm just going to relax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lots of room to spread out. Spread yeah. my legs. 
all that Garmin Bosia in there. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop with Twin Peaks references because no one's getting them. But Connor, just get it out of your system. We, Twin Peaks is over. You have to accept this. There's no more. It's breaking my heart. There's also no more Game of Thrones, and they miss talking about that but, with but, Connor. But but we That's have more name. coming. Yeah, you're getting more of that True. though. So, I mean, not much more, but more more than he's got at Twin Peaks. But still, uh, I mean. Um, I guess that's Superman. We'll move on. That to is. Green Lantern's number 30, Sam Humphrey's writing, and Carlo Barberi on art. So obviously we're we're still on this arc with all these these first lanterns. We got Valthum. Uh last issue we ended with the lanterns all uniting, saying the oath, it's time to go take care of the old the you know the, the Valthum prick that he is. And They weren't sure. ready. <laughs> no, they weren't ready. No, that's they were not ready. I, I, I can just hear Carl Urban as dread saying, "Not ready." You know, just yeah. all, all I can hear because uh, he, he's on. Like, he's on the what planet is he on? With uh, Maltus. Yeah, it's the species that you know the Guardians came from, but the Guardians have all went small, yeah. so it's the regular sized ones. And he's like, yep. he's bragging. He's like, "Ah oh, ha, ha! I killed the planet!" And ha 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 ha! I might have to kill all your children until I get what I want. Ma ma ma! I want my travel lantern. Uh, but he's, he's fluctuating. His best moment is threatening homicide, but in a cheery way. Yeah, well, like he's fluctuating between all the different uh, spectrums because he keeps changing color, and they're, they're yeah. playing with that whole idea that he's unstable and he can't really control right. the power he's got. Uh, but sure enough, the lanterns all show up, sort of two by two, and they kind of like come in and attack him in various ways. I mean, we get a lot of double page layouts with uh, various mm-hmm. action going on, and some of it's quite fun. There's some. Uh, I like the little set up pages beforehand where they're all just kind of getting ready and like they're all kind of hanging out in their toes and mm. talking and stuff. Um, but then they start dropping dead like flies. Like they they are going out. I've got three confirmed kills here. Right. Uh, and there must be a fourth because I mean, four, four judging by the end. Yeah. Yeah, there was four rings at the end, but I only caught three when I was because I was actually noting well, them down. Don't, don't forget the blue one was still floating around. It hadn't found an and an initiate. Oh, you mean the right. Kryptonian? The Kryptonian. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. Yeah. yeah, that's the fourth. You're right. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the the casualties for this this, this issue, we mm-hmm. get Aletha, uh, who was the first one we were introduced to. She she's dead. Mm-hmm. Colleen, who's the elemental one, dead. And then uh, Brill, the robot, uh, he right. also dead. Uh, and they're just he's just going through them. You know what? I'm a little upset about Brill, but my two favorites are yeah. Zakran, the White Martian, and uh, Kaja. Uh, from Yod Kolu, so I'm actually happy yeah. they're still alive. Admittedly, their issue pages might be numbered, but well, yeah, because there's only one that has to survive to yeah. to line up with the timeline. That I Terry Terry Yeah, Terry Yeah, him. He used to survive. The rest of them could die, but I like the last two that are left, other than him. So I hope they don't. But hey ho. But you see how just devastating this is, though, because at the end of like the you know when they're all getting their asses kicked, it ends with uh, Volthoom picking up Jessica by the hair, and it's like this proper old man. They're screwed. Uh, And that's when uh, Baz comes in, even though he's not got a ring. He's like, right, put your fists up, you asshole. I'm doing this. (laughs) I don't care. And of course, that's he's got nothing left to lose. He's ten billion years in the past. He's probably not getting home. So let's do this. I like the point where he literally just throws a rock at him. (laughs) He's like, if all else fails. Throw a rock. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But that's when all four of the the rings that have just freed up uh, come in. It amuses me that he's kind of, well, he's kind of controlled his his emotions. He's fluctuating a bit. He's he's sort of, he's gotten to rage already, Hmm. but it's the rock that actually makes him explode. Yeah. It, it, that that's what makes him lose his composure. That's the that's the last touch. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so all the rings come in, and Baz, we, uh, the big final last page is that Baz is wearing four lantern rings. He's got his mask back on. Uh, and I, I almost want to speculate, why, why is the rest of the suit staying there when he's not got a ring, but the mask is, you know, fading in, yeah. whatever. I'm not going to, I'm not going to read into it too much. But, no. uh, so we end with this, you know, he's got four rings on, he's ready to fight, and hopefully he can take on Volthoom. And I think the next issue is the, uh, the final. Yeah. I think there's one more after, where the, the wrap-up... No, yeah, but I meant the final of this arc. Yeah, there's an, epi- the arc, yeah, yeah. There's an epilogue issue, but this is, you, next one's the last Some writing to 32, right? Before yes. Sealy takes over at 33? Yeah. yeah, so 30, yeah. 31's the final of this arc, and then 32 is an epilogue issue. Yeah. So, uh, no, big. Um, so it may be Baz's time to shine. You know, Jessica's had such a great about arc. About of, time, really, isn't it? Yeah, because she's had such yeah. a great arc of like overcoming her anxiety, and she's like been training the other lion. She's felt like a proper leader. Now, she did kind of fail here, but I'm not going to blame her. She is still a rookie. <laughs> uh, but it yeah. seems like Baz is going to get, get his chance to be the big hero well, and, plus- and save the day. She's training them like they're all Green Lanterns, and all these aren't really Green Lanterns. They're all representative of the other forms. That's know? true, yeah, because the other rings don't exist yet, so they're just kind of exactly. Actually, that so, was like that was one of my favorite touches. Actually, I like uh, like you know Rami and Gantha in the past here reacting to it, and he's like, "Hey, we're saved. The Green Rings are here," and like yeah. you know Rami's you know who who we've tra- or not Rami, sorry uh, Gantha, who we've traditionally yeah. had as the main guardian, the one that we've really yeah. interacted with through John. Everybody's favorite running. guardian until Rami. And yeah. it's almost like he's just sort of starting to be convinced. Oh yes, these yeah. rings, these might be a good idea. Yeah, hmm. yeah. that's what I was getting from. Yeah, that was a good issue. I, I think Lantern's obviously has been great for a while. Uh, and this was mostly action, Man. so it went in really quick. It was just a big kerfuffle yeah. of smashing things together, but it was good stuff. Yeah, and I, I was like, go on. Go ahead, Connor. Well, I was talking about Brill. I didn't think that I cared about that big robot until he was just like his final words were, you know, to find the creator, you have to protect the creation. I was like, oh, man. Uh, mission statement. He He was... He was Brill, you might say. Uh-huh. Suck it, Connor. You could have made a brilliant joke, and you didn't. No, it was. That's what I did do. Brill shot for what? brilliant. You never used that before? Never heard that? No. Maybe maybe that's a British thing. I think it is, but... It, it might be. I, I, I got what he was on about, and I was annoyed. So, <laughs> so, yeah. he, 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 he fulfilled I was annoyed purpose. he just didn't finish the word. Uh, don't shorten things and make them slang. Who does that? Ca- coming from the American, where one Texan once wanted to shorten pi to just round it to three because three point one four was just nah, that's too much. That's mathematics. Don't get me on that. <laughs> right? I don't care about that. Like <laughs> when I talk about pi, it's the dessert, not the math figure. All right. But yeah, but Brill, that dude, didn't know I was so attached to him. He was the last one we met. Trying to swing mm-hmm. this back around, mm-hmm. and. He made the most impact, so I, I kind of hope someone does something. Like I, I want some payoff with his his colony, you know. Like, eh, it you may know. come up. I mean, it could 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 be something yeah. someone touches on later down the line, either yeah. in this book or in. Well, like something I said, we, else. we do have another. We did have another lantern from that same place in the. So yeah. you know, it's there's precedent. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it could pop up. Um. But no, that's, that's pretty much it for, for this book for me, I think. Uh, just fun action, uh, ending obviously a big moment. Um, I liked how sort of, how, how f- you know, futile the, the, the fight was for yeah. the Lanterns. Like, they all just kind of went down. Yeah, I, I do like that, that Simon's finally got a moment, because it feels like mostly 
this book is supposed to be a pair book. You know, it's supposed to be the two of them. Mm-hmm. Like eighty percent of the time, I'd have said it's Jessica's book. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, I think we all prefer Jessica, so we don't complain too much about it. But it is nice for Simon to get a get a moment. <laughs> that's, you know, yeah, he, he, yeah, it's he probably deserves one. And and Humphreys is probably like, oh wait, hang on, I'm finishing my run. I should probably give Simon something to do before well, I leave. I feel like I feel like Simon's the Lost Lantern though, because he's not one of the the four Earth Lanterns that we. I mean, even though he's from Earth, is, yeah. he was in that that weird John's era, you know. Yeah, he kind of came at the end of that, and then. No one really knew what to do with him after for a while, so they kind of yeah. just pretended he didn't exist almost. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Jessica comes along, and you know, as everyone's new favorite Earthliner, because she actually has character. It's not just you know a rage-filled guy, you know. Yeah. Oh. So, but hey, there's, I'm glad that Simon did get his moment. And I wonder if those ring shards did they come out of him, or no? I think still his arms. Still there. Yeah. Maybe that'll give him like an extra bit of charge, you know, going forward. Yeah. Assu- assuming he only keeps one ring, I feel like he won't be keeping all four. But yeah, yeah. but I feel like one of those goes on to become Jessica's, and that's why it calls her Jaybird and whatnot, as he's like left an imprint on it. Um, uh, maybe yeah, because if if he yeah. keeps one and takes it back to present day, but the the other three are left to mm-hmm. stay in their own time. Yeah, one of those could yeah. be what becomes. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, anyway, so I guess we'll uh, stick with Green and go to Green Arrow number 30. Uh, Benjamin Percy writing... Oh, Schmidt is back on art. Uh, so we've went yeah. from one fantastic artist to another. So that's nice. Um, as much as it's a very different style. Um, and you do kind of wish they planned these out so that you had the one artist on the whole arc. But hey-ho. Yeah. Yeah, at least I can kind of excuse it this arc a little bit more because you know the idea that you know he's traveling to different places, mm. different guests. It feels like a different style for each of those would feel appropriate to me. Yeah, except the last three all had the same style. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know, uh, but hey, so he well, we actually start off with uh, first of all, there's the very on the nose uh, political page where he's talking about how what everyone's scared of. Uh, that said, yeah. I do think it's the most balanced purse he's ever been. In his mm. political speech, because you know he shows you know both sides of, of of you know the politics, you know be, people being afraid of various things, but yeah. getting in people's heads as to why they vote whichever way, essentially. Yeah, I feel like most of it was from the same side of the political spectrum. There was maybe one that was. Uh, well, from no, the there's certain there's things that no matter two. where you're at on the spectrum, there are things that that affect you. Mm. You know. So I feel that's where he was writing from because he but, definitely has a point of view when it comes to this. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think they're all they're all valid uh, panels. I think the one that stuck out to me though is like, okay, we're really on the nose now is the one at the bottom the, with the, 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 the president. Last one, yeah. yeah, I was like, okay. I right. also feel, and th- this might just be me tipping my hand a little bit. I feel like in a universe where there's superheroes, that person wouldn't become president. Like, what one would hope. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. everyone's got Superman to look up to, so why would they even entertain this? I mean, this? you, you say that, but we did have a president, Lex. Yeah, but Lex was competent, so... <laughs> yeah, Le- Lex is smart yeah. enough to pull it yeah, off. No, yeah, no, I'll give you that. And that, that was even the whole point of that story, was Superman going like, "I, you didn't do anything illegal, I, you yeah. were the president of the US now. And I have to respect that, but don't forget, I will be watching you. Whereas the like current president is a lot more like that Black Mirror episode, the Waldo moment. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, right. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, in, so yeah. So we go from that page to basically a couple of pages reenacting that part of uh, Mad Max Fury Road with Green Arrow on a bike with his arrows. But otherwise, yep. it's this this similar big truck. There's fire everywhere, and you've got all these nice uh, looking. You say that, but it's missing the big guitarist. So what's the point? <laughs> the the point the is. Warrior. Point is action. The point is all the yellow and orangey red colors to like contrast with his green. Because the rest of this is going to be very green. We're going to get you know green overload in a minute. We're going to have Green Arrow. Green Lantern shows up. Hal Jordan specifically, and he's like, "I heard you need a lift." And they have some banter. They you know a couple of little callbacks to you know the the hard travel and heroes thing they had in the past. Um, but Hal takes him into space to look for this this eye in the sky, as it was referred to. A satellite that's using it's not Brother Eye before anyone. I'm still disappointed actually because that, really that's nice. always that, that's always been you know how how Brother Eye has been referred to before the reveal in every story that they do with Brother Eye. To, to, yeah, but to be fair here, the, the the whole idea is the setup is that they're actually using multiple satellites and there's just like one router above Star City and like and to be honest, come on, this this thing in the dark side of the moon they find this big you know station. Is pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. I was, it's it's sinister. Not Brother Eye. You look at it and you're just like, that's not good. It's like, not. You could look at Brother Eye and just go, okay, it's a satellite. You know, this thing looks like a sword. It looks like the apocalypse that's... is coming. This is going to cause it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you stepped on my sword of Damocles hanging over by a thread because I feel that's what they were going for. But. Mm. So, yeah. so no, I, I, you know, I think this Green Arrow arc's been pretty great. I, I think the issue with the Flash was maybe a bit weaker, but pretty much since then it's been. You mean since and all I was on art? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, but you know, like I, I think they're bonding here, and I think Green Lantern like saying, "Ah, yeah, you you like being the big fish in the small pond, but now this is yep. this is an issue that's affecting the entire country, possibly the entire planet." So, you know, you you're separate of the big leagues, but you know, there's, there's, there's fighting and. There's bickering and there's like, uh, you know, don't, I don't want you to sneeze and like, you know, because obviously Green Lantern's like shielding him from space, you know, yeah. he's giving him a, a, a green suit, as it were. And he's like, I don't want you to sneeze and accidentally like shoot me into space. He's like, trust me, if that happens, it won't be an accident. You know, fun, there's fun <laughs> banter throughout, kind of yeah. like that. Um, also, I really, when I get into this this big thing, this, this big station in the dark side of the moon, I love the look of the guy who's like guarding it. Like this guy who's in the the, the, the command center. He, he mm-hmm. legitimately looks like uh, one of the enemies from Doom. He does, yeah. You know, he's got those things in his shoulders. He looks like one of those 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 creatures from Doom. And then yeah. he comes. That can't be an accident, right? Like that has to be like a shout out. Probably, yeah, possibly. I, I don't know if Benjamin Percy's it's, a it's, games it's fan, but very similar. So I'd assume so. Yeah, or maybe not even Percy. It could be uh, Schmidt, who's the the, the be, fan. Yeah. But I, either way, like. Uh, it, it feels like an intentional homage to uh, creatures from Doom, uh, but no. So, I, but I like when it cut to him because with with when the two greens are on on panel, as it were, everything's very green. All it's all greens and obviously the black of space behind them. So the green's very overpowering. But then it cuts to this control room with this 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 you know monster guy that you know one of the one of the the, the faceless dudes from uh, the Ninth Circle uh-huh. and the burned. The burnt man is what I was looking for. Uh, but it comes to him, and the room's just bathed in red. It's, you know, the idea that the, the red kind of alarm light is going off, and mm-hmm. he's, like, sitting there, and he's he's got this creepy, like... Uh, Bringing it bad Max, bad, bad, yeah, back to Mad Max Fury Road, it's almost like the breather mm-hmm. that the, uh, the bad guy in that has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, you know, I was getting all these... You know, Doom and Mad Max, like, all these... 
kind of visual cues I was getting from all these different things, but it was giving yeah. it a lot of post-apocalypse. presence. Well, I don't know about Doom, but... Well, it is. It's, it's yeah. the post-apocalypse on Mars, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. De- demons on Mars. That's all you need to know. Yeah. yeah. I suppose it's not post-apocalyptic, it's just that Mars just already looks post-apocalyptic. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well Mars right. is already post-apocalyptic. It's just really post yeah, we don't know what happened there, but it probably wasn't good. Okay, yeah, sure. If you believe there was one civilization on Mars, then sure, yes, it's very, very post-apocalyptic. But, but uh, to be fair, actually, uh, I, in the DC universe, it is post-apocalyptic because you know Sean yeah. and all that yeah. were there. So yeah, uh, Martians. Yeah, we're not on Mars, admittedly, right now, but yeah, oh. fair, fair but point. Anyways, I love the banter between Hal and Ollie, and I kind of want a team-up book now, written by Percy. Yeah, Brave and the Bold, like, or whatever. Take your pick. Yeah, I'd be down for a proper team book. Not necessarily just these two, but cycles through. Like I say, Brave mm. and Bold. Just... Yeah. But I just... Yeah. You know, he's he's doing once a month coming up with Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. And not that I want to increase his workload, but, like, he seems to be really good. Like we said, the, the Flash one was kind of weak, but the Wonder Woman one was decent, and the Superman one was really good. His Batman was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, Batman is... Is he elevated by the artist? Because like, you, know, yeah, you mentioned the Flash one was weak, it was a different eyes, but... I think to an extent, yeah, but I also think the Flash one was just the... Like, I feel like Batman really hit like the core of Batman. And yeah, the art did help, but certainly early on when you had all the city shots and stuff. Superman, mm-hmm. again, like, the idea of Superman flying through the city, catching like do- dozens of yeah. people. like Just right. the ideas, I think, were more fun I, in those I books as well. the ideas, sure. I'm, I'm wondering, in terms of the, like, you know, the dialogue and, and the actual action... How collaborative he is with these are you know the regular ones. Mm. Yeah, you know, these are it's their book as well. Maybe, yeah, I, I and can see that. How much influence they actually have. I, I will say though, like I, I think the island stuff that we had for two issues was that one was of the regular rough. artists, and that was pretty rough. So I don't think that they are elevated. If it's just not like I, I think yeah. there was like a meeting of like, no, both of fair. them together. So, uh, but no, uh, no, I, I, I like this. Obviously, the big cliffhanger is that this big monster guy comes out and. Uh, Wax uh, Hal into space and it knocks him out, and then like all these like you know space suits starting to disintegrate, and he's like, Hal, I need you, buddy. I need you, buddy. And it's yeah. like, yeah, okay, so he's screwed. So I think we have the finale of this arc next issue, so that'll be good fun. Uh, of course, let's not gloss over though. Back in Star City, we have uh, we have Red Arrow, uh, or that's what Emmy wants to be called anyway. She, she's uh, I actually quite appreciated her joke about wanting to go on strike. Sidekick yeah. strike. Sidekick strike. Give, give me yeah. a good chuckle. Uh, but yeah, so her and uh, Canary are uh, underground and they, they find the... Uh, what's his face? The auctioneer. Yeah. Yeah, so they find him. That was super creepy. They have the girl they're looking for chained up like Leia in mm. Return of the Jedi. Mm. Yeah. So again, obviously that's been really slow moving through it because there's only been a couple of pages per issue for this, this story, but it's... it's progressing nicely uh, it is. I've always smiled whenever we cut to it and I, I never go to it and go oh we're taking away from the main story Like I always enjoy checking in those characters and this was no exception to that so. yep. uh, I have a question on the, on the letter in hitchhike is that one word? yeah uh, I think so because yeah. I, I always thought of it as two words but Cause Hitch, like, hitchhiker is one word me. as well so what was that? hitchhiker is one word as well so oh that's true yeah. I think I always see it as like hitchhiker, but just to hitchhike. Uh, I, I rarely see that. To be fair, written how, down or said like that. How many words are actually just combinations of two other words that you know eventually you just stop using the hyphen and it just becomes a new word? 
No, that's fair. It just when when I saw the two H's next to each other in the in the lettering, I was like, it looks it looks a bit strange like that in in that panel. Yeah, okay. But, fair. I don't know. Maybe it was because it was bolded as well. Just the the word when I saw it in there, it looked a bit strange. Probably just me. Fair. Fair. Um. Yeah, obviously Schmidt's good on art. Uh, like we talked about a lot about the colours so far already. Um, I like his Hal actually. I think I think I would like to see Schmidt on a Green Lantern book. At, you know, after this. I think uh, one thing I do have with Schmidt is his characters often look really young. Like his Hal looks quite young again. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it it's strange with Ollie as well because like he's he's supposed to look a bit older now. He's got you know now he's got the the beard and everything, but he still looks quite young. So I don't know if that's intentional or not. It just—it feels very Darwin Cook. Yeah. Know, where they're where they're kind of timeless. Yeah, that, that's fair. That, that's how I took it. Yeah, I, I think that's just much style. I don't think there's anything that's, that's going to change. No, no, that. I just—I—I I, I really notice it when when you have a guest because you get accustomed to the the regular characters, but when you see Hal, it's like, oh, okay, he looks quite young. Yeah, I think that's just something you have to get used to varying a it lot is, as yeah. you're reading comics because it's yeah. going to be all over the place depending on who's drawing them uh, and even colouring them to extent you know you, you, you draw in a 5 o'clock shadow or you colour in an extra shadow on the face and all of a sudden you know the dude looks about 10 years older no, that's mm. true um, but no uh, Green Arrow still uh, really good really strong arc um, and excited to wrap up so we've got Green Lanterns and Green Arrow both finishing their arcs in two weeks that'll be exciting Alright, that'll take us on to Nightwing number 28, Tim Seeley writing Xavier Fernandez and Miguel Mendoncha uh, on art. So this was the wrap-up of this spiral arc. Uh, we have Nightwing and Huntress at the, at the school, and we find out that Mr. Minos, is that, am I pronouncing that right? Minos. Yeah, Minos. Oh, Jesus. Well, been building for a while. My back? There you go. Yeah. I will say I enjoyed the issue uh, for various reasons. There was maybe so much coming from Grayson in this issue that I don't think all of it had the impact on me that maybe it did for someone yeah. who did read that book. This is basically an epilogue for Grayson. Pretty from, much. From Tiger to Mr. Minos to Huntress, as they keep calling her matron. Yeah. So, you know, I, I still feel the disconnect, though, that the Huntress version and the Grayson version are too different. And no matter what they try to do, it's always going to feel that way. No, I, I know what you mean. Like, because obviously then she was fully endorsed in being a spy stuff. She wasn't really yeah. connected to any of this stuff until after. So it right. does feel like there is a clear split in the character. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I like her being Huntress though. But then again, I didn't. Oh, so do I. Yeah. Uh, I, I just feel like they they threw her into Grayson as Hel- Helena Bertinelli, just because. Like, they wanted that, you know, it's well, kind of like when they do a movie was... and they make a reference. Yeah, but... well, that's what it was. It was New 52. They already had a Huntress of a sort, right. so they didn't yeah. need another one. Yeah. Right, so, but here, it's like, well, we'll just do the same. We'll give her the same, which her being a spy and her being a mafia hunter don't seem relatively the same path. So, but hey, it's comics. It's whatever. Yeah, I can with both. That's just fine. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so Dick ends up being, like, shackled to, like, mind control technology and whatnot. And uh, basically, a lot of the issue is the Skullgirls with Huntress try to hack in so they can eventually free Tiger so he can help. And Dick gets a message from Huntress through this technology to try and distract 
Minos long enough that they can, you know, get in and do what they need to do without him noticing, and that's kind of what happens. Um, so, question: uh, So, the final Skullgirl they find uh, mm-hmm. in the school, uh, Lottie, her name is, uh, is yeah. she supposed to be Scottish? Indeed, because uh, points for the word at Bobag, which I've never read in a comic mm-hmm. before. Uh, that's a ball sack to translate that for anyone. Uh, didn't quite catch it. Sounds like it would be. However, I have to critique another phrase that was incorrectly Uh-oh. used. Uh, later on, uh, she's mentioned she's made like some new software or something, and she calls it uh, pure damn genius. Was it? Was it genius? No, it was pure damn brilliant. I think it was. I can't remember what the last word was. It doesn't really matter. Oh, she missed out on saying brill. Uh, I shouldn't say brill, but uh, she said pure damn brilliant. That is incorrect, at least uh, from my experience. The phrase that I think Celia was going for there is pure dead uh, brilliant. Which means nothing to anyone who doesn't know this, but... Be, it could, could be just a different area of Scotland, to be fair. It could be. I've never heard of it, though. It, it, it struck me as weird. It, it To me, it really felt like he was trying to write a Scottish phrase, and I went, oh, no, that's wrong. He got a word wrong. <laughs> that's really yeah. weird and wrong. Oh, dear. Um, but, but he got ball bag, so it's fine. He did get ball bag, right? So fair, fair enough for ball bag. It, just, it sounds so much when you say it like ball bag. I don't know if I can say that, but believe me if you need to. Uh, you know, likewise, you can say balls instead of balls. Right. So you know, <laughs> just just the train. Yeah, <laughs> speak some Scottish. <laughs> um. But yeah, so that stuck out to me. Uh, this is a lot like uh, Connor's complaint. I need, to, I need to tweet him because Connor gave him some shit on Twitter for getting the spelling of whiskey wrong. Uh, yeah, and, and he he did say he he did some he did look into it and still got it wrong. So you could tell him, look, I, I know you probably looked into it again, but well, he got close. He just got he one got, word look, wrong. Look, he said "damn" instead of "dead." John, <laughs> I'm looking at it now, and he's even bolded it, like you know, just to show it was a a phrase. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's drawn attention to it. What was the last word? Brilliant. Did I remember that right? It was. Yeah. yeah. Pure damn brilliant. Yeah. P- p- yeah. Pure dead brilliant would be the, the phrase he's looking for. Uh, pure dead gorgeous is often used as well when describing the, attract- the attractiveness of a lady. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so that was. I think honestly, I think the more exciting stuff for me in this issue was actually the uh, mouse and Sean. Stuff. Even though I did have some, I have, yeah. I have a critique of it. But, but the, the critique I have of it is more the the, the the critique we already had of it before. It's just all there. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, Sean's decision to go along with Pigeon never felt like it was developed enough. So that's still kind of lingering there because uh, in this one it kind of confirmed that she had decided to do that. It wasn't some sort of weird undercover thing uh, because she because we see in this issue our decision to not do it. <laughs> so she had decided to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm assuming it was a moment in, in, you know, grief and all that. It was just, mm. she kind of just went for it and then kind of thought better of it. Yeah, because basically the last time she, she saw Mouse get into the same building and she follows her in and stops Mouse from doing what she was there to do, which turns out was to try and assassinate uh, Blockbuster. Yeah. And she stops her uh, and takes her out. Blockbuster wakes up. Um, I will say, I will, I will critique slightly. Later on, she says, oh, Blockbuster couldn't have seen who we were. It was dark and stuff. And I never really got that from the scene. Yeah, it looked like he was looking right at them. Yeah. yeah. But Although when he transforms, maybe he, you know It it does happen. this weird thing where so he's looking right at them, but they're silhouetted. You don't you know, they're in their 
identities are hidden. Like, you can see the outline of them, but it just does the, the pop art dots. Which is kind of wrong, yeah. because arguably... Because if they're a silhouette for him, we'd see them from that side. Right, right. But I think yeah. it's more just to show, look, their identities are hidden, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I never got that right. from it, though, until they said it later on. No, I didn't either. Like, because in the next panel, you know, she saps him. I think she sprays him with something. Yeah. And, it, and, and he looks away. You know, he covers his eyes then. That's how they get away. I, I think it would maybe it would just be more clear to have him not quite see them and have them jump out the window before he stands yeah, up. And, instead of him looking directly yeah. at them. It's just, yeah. it's just an odd choice that made that a bit murky I, in terms I of the storytelling. I think it was especially weird where when the very next page we cut back to, to Dick and you know he's all in, chained up in the machine and it is dark. You can see how dark it is. You can see all the mm. shadows. Whereas the room before looks really brightly lit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So, so Pigeon's pissed off at uh, Defacer Sean now because she she turned her back on her. Uh, so oh. that'll be something we have to deal with. But the main thing is, is that she basically realizes that odd. Oh, so Mouse did this in like you know, sort of anger and rage. She gave up all the you know be, being clean that she'd she'd had for however long. But we'll still run the support group and all the rest of it. And she's like, oh no, I, I, I was doing the same damn thing. I was sort of forgetting everything I've done and achieved over the last like, year or whatever uh, for just this, you know, thrill because I was angry. Uh, and she makes this choice to go and maybe make up with Dick. We see her uh, rocket booting to Dick's house, which... It's pretty yeah. cool, isn't it? Yeah, she's got rocket boots, so that's a thing. Have we seen those before? I feel like I feel like this was out of nowhere for me. That she has no, that, that was that was her thing. That's how she got around. Was that okay? Fair I, enough. I just... remember when she fought um, Doctor Hurt. She had the one boot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just but, I'd forgotten about boots, that. I, I thought you were just bringing them up because rocket boots are cool. No, I, I just I, I turned the page and she was like flying through the air with rocket boots, and I just. I was like, Does she always had rocket. I boots? just know that if Connor was gifted a million dollars, what he would try to do with it now. Let's make rocket boots. <laughs> you telling me you wouldn't make rocket boots? No, I've seen enough Looney Tune cartoons. I know how possibly bad it can go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let Connor do it. Yeah, I know. That's... I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just saying it's not for me. Let it happen. Uh, so she's flying, and obviously we cut to Dick's place, and him and Huntress uh, are, you know, and obviously they've had sexual tension throughout the entire arc. They have that moment yeah. as they're flying away from the uh, the school that she's like, you know, the, the only person I feel comfortable around uh, is you. And so they're they're getting it on, and you know, you see the face, or she sees it through the window, and you can just see her in the distance, little small in the sky. Uh, and then really good page ne- in the next page actually, because you see her reaction. She goes from shock to anger to kind of just sort of sadness. Like she so, she's almost about to get angry. But then she fights it and just is sad. And it, I, I like that even though she didn't achieve what she set out to do by going to see Dick, she still learned her lesson from the experiences she just did. She didn't lash out in rage and, yeah. and attack Helena. Um, but it, it does set up this this awkward uh, sort of, you know, status quo going forward where, you know, no doubt they're going to run into each other and she might bring up that he's she saw it or, or at least treat him hostily because of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Kind of broken up for like two days, and he's already. <laughs> Joe, Joe was a small touch in the color I loved here, because obviously you see her deface outfit, and you see the colors, you know, the the blue, and then you know the purple logo, and then you cut to you know Dick and Helena in bed, and it's the blue pillows, but the purple sheets. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then it's actually just after that as well, right towards the end of the book, where you get a page of them 
lying on the bed, and you just see like parts of the costumes like scattered around the the floor, like some yeah. Nightwing, some Huntress, and blue and purple. Uh, and then we get a little tease at the end uh, that during all the confusion, uh, Raptor got out. So <laughs> we have some Raptor yeah. with soon. I love how they dealt with it. Like it's the Raptors in Jurassic Park. It's like, oh, <laughs> Mr. Minos, uh, when he was Tiger, let him out. Oh, man. I just realized what I want more than anything in life. Raptor I want, riding a Raptor? No, I want Raptor to like sneak up in Dick and when he shows up yeah. in the next couple of issues and then have Dick just go, clever girl. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, you know, you know, in in the first issue of Metal, where we had Batman riding the dinosaur. Right, the Do you dinosaur? know what Raptor riding a Raptor? Not really. Nah, it's still on the he's nose. more of a bird raptor more than a dinosaur raptor. Yeah, but you know what I mean. You, you well, take a I just page... want more people riding dinosaurs. You need to take a page out of my book, Connor. You need to have, you know, my puns are all tasteful and aren't too on the nose. You need to have more of that. Yeah, but this is this isn't about a pun. I just want more people riding dinosaurs. Okay, you can read a Stegosaurus. Or, it's hard to argue with that, you know. <laughs> Stegosauruses aren't fast enough to ride. Cool, like they, you know, they're they're, they're, they're like they're, they're bulky tank. and they're cool. They're a tank, yeah, but yeah, you, you ain't making a quick escape on one of them. No. So you Yeah, there you go. So that's my favorite dinosaur. Matt, Matt knows his dinosaurs. I do. He does. He, he can. Yeah, that one in Jurassic World that she says, "Oh, you hear a kid try to pronounce this." I bet Matt. Mm-hmm can do that right now i can't remember it but i can't remember it either right now okay. it's been a while but i did watch uh last sunday i watched Jurassic park because i felt like it so <laughs> like, like you need a reason to watch Jurassic park just no i'm just like hey let's watch it uh, as you as you do um so, so, so the the, the actual spiral conclusion to everything with all this like mind battling and like hacking and whatnot um i thought that was fine it didn't have a lot of resonance for me as someone who didn't read grayson it was just kind of like oh here's the end of the story and this is how it yeah how, how it's yeah. going uh whereas well, the Sean stuff even then grayson was never that clear because it was always playing with the whole with the fact like there was someone trying to trying to use them to spiral yeah, it was like, it was so much spies within spies. Yeah, with with Leviathan and all that stuff. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, whereas the the Sean stuff and all that, because that is the characters that I've been with for this this run, and I'm connected to those, and I'm caring about what they're doing and stuff. Uh, that stuff was hinting for me a lot more, uh, especially the ending. I think Sean witnessing that was like you know typically because I think usually in movies and TV shows and stuff, when I realize that someone's about to see someone else kissing someone or something like that. I usually roll my eyes because it's like, oh, okay, here we go. We're going to do this this trope. Um, but uh, it says something that when I care about all three characters that I don't roll my eyes and I'm like, oh, I, damn. I think that's it. Even if you hadn't read any of Grayson, it still spent enough time in this arc setting yeah. up the relationship between yeah. Dick and Huntress. You know, there's enough there that you buy why this happens, even if you haven't seen them before. Also, I'm excited for this to come up in front of Babs as well. Uh no, he's she, she like knows Matt Murdock. Yeah, I like, was birds of prey. I think this will be an exciting development in their relationship when D- Babs finds out that Huntress has been boning Dick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even mean that, Matt. And he's just he's just sitting there giggling. You yeah. can't help it. She, she's got to know Dick's a womanizer. That's, that's what he. Yeah, is. well, that's it. Like he's yeah, man. They didn't have a scene where like if you haven't slept with Dick Grayson, raise your hand, and no one, you know. Yeah, no this, this isn't this isn't a new development. 
Yeah. I feel like he doesn't actually pursue it. Like, necessarily. No, they though. just come to him. Yeah, he's like a magnet. He's, like, he's literally a chick magnet. All right. He is, yeah. yeah. I mean, have you seen his ass? I mean, it makes sense. It does. So, you know. Uh, it sounded like Michael Scott in an episode of The Office where he's like, did they even see Pam? Or Angela <laughs> from behind? <laughs> Oh dear. Um, any final thoughts on Nightwing before we move on? Since we dragged that yeah. down to, a I'm, I'm really place. looking forward to getting more of that, you know, the the, the relationship drama stuff coming up, which mm. is weird for me to say that in, in my superior books. I don't typically think that. I feel uh, yeah. like when it was in Titans, when that started coming up, I'm like, ugh, it's getting a bit soapy. But here, I think it's just much more compelling. Oh, because we have pre preconceived notions about his love life with Babs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I look forward to that. I mean, Raptor, I can take or leave, but, you know, this love triangle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm interested in Raptor showing back up to see, you know, what the evolution of the story yeah. is with him. Hmm. No, that's fair. Uh, all right, so I think we'll move on then to our final book already. It's what a short what a short trip this one's been. Uh, Deathstroke, number 23, Christopher Priest writing uh, Diogenes Neves. Uh, on art um, and this was very much a, a sort of be- between big moments issue for me this was like mm-hmm. the team training together Deathstroke being well a dick as he typically is this might be one of my favourite issues uh, of course yeah. it is <laughs> um, and you had all, all these concepts being brought up this idea that uh, Rosie's sword might even be from the future because it's got uh like material and tech on it that doesn't exist yet, right? Like uh, some well, Legion references thrown in there. And Eltron was the uh, yeah, the the yeah. Well, was that a material? I think it was a material. It was more of a, it was a the metal, wasn't it? Was it yeah, metal? well, because okay. they're saying that's like an alloy, and it, it's right, okay. in there. And as far as their things know, that the only time they've experienced a Nerton is with didn't they say? Time travelers and stuff. Yeah, it was. She so, said yeah. it was in the New Fifty Two's Teen Titans. She said that they yeah. went to the future, and um, that's really which uh, I wasn't reading by that point. Of course, yeah, I don't yeah. know any of us were. <laughs> I was out. Yeah, but uh, so it sets up that it sets up a lot of things. Uh, you know, Rose is pissed at Slade, which is not new development, but you know she brings a lot no. up. But if I'm going to make a criticism about this issue, is that I don't think I have seen so many editors' notes in a single comic book in a long time. There's, yeah. there's, there's literally a page with four of them on it. Yeah, I do feel uh, that's because by it going monthly, I think it's picked up some new readers. Mm, you know, so uh, like they jumped on the defiance. I, I think so. I think it's a problem as well with it being such long form storytelling. Yeah, that when when you're referencing something from issue five and the rebirth issue still, you know, yeah. in, in in the twenties, it's like which, okay, which you just a little reminder. Didn't need to do because they had that scene that reminded you in the beginning yeah that first scene that, yeah that scene i i agree but maybe maybe it's for people i think it's more for people who came and picked up after lazarus contract yeah you know, people who saw the new status quo and thought oh maybe i'll give this a try and jumped on yep mm-hmm. that's yeah, what i'm thinking too because there's a lot of that stuff that we just since being you know reading it from day one with, with me and connor yeah i i found the ability to ignore most of these editors notes yeah. where sometimes i do find them useful but, but yes, it was nice to, to kind of remind you. A, a couple of them had, had the opposite effect to me, where I just read the panel, not really, you know, worrying about, you know, if it was something that was brought up before. And then it would say, issue nine, I'm like, oh, was this brought up before? Oh, shit, what am I forgetting? 
That's it. We we do have so one says issue five, then the next page has just you know uh, about Grant being the original Ravager. Then issue nine, yeah. issue five and eight, issue fourteen, yeah. over two pages. That's two pages. Yeah, yeah. that's two pages. Uh, that is that is a, a that's, that's two amount. pages next to each other. Also, I need a, a I need a not a time travel but a a flashback. That's what I was looking for. Of Grant as Ravager because it feels like he was only Ravager for like twenty oh minutes. <laughs> like no, not even that. He was like he was out on that first one that we saw in Lazarus contract, and that was it. So like if he was the first Ravager and he built the name for himself, I kind of want to see that. Yeah, is it just me? Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. Especially since that so much of this uh, issue here, uh, like both kids actually reference him because. Rose is like, oh, I took the name of of him, and then Jericho's like, oh, I was never really his son, you know. I was just, I mean, I was, you know, he's my father, but you know, Grant was his son, kind of yeah. thing. So they both bring. And we up. even saw that in the rebirth, where you know, Grant was the one that wasn't dealing with with Deathstroke stuff even before he was Deathstroke. Mm. Yeah. When he told him like, you're just here to bang mom and then go back to work, like, you yeah. know. Uh, so what else have we got going on here? So we have Terra is basically planting seeds of doubt. She's like, I mean, not yeah. that I think, not that I think Rose needed any seeds of doubt, yeah. but yeah, but she's like, you know, you know, Slade's just got an agenda here, right? He's, you know, yeah, sure, save people along the way. Like, if that's you know convenient to do, then sure, he'll do it. But you know, he's got other I feel things. Like that, that, that can't be that effective because they must all know that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like they do. Yeah, they must all know this. This is Deathstroke, the Terminator. Yeah, that guy's going to just help out people with no ulterior motive. Yeah, but is he Terminator 1 or Terminator 2? That's important. Oh, for God's sake. Worst case scenario is Terminator 5. <laughs> yeah, that is worst case scenario. <laughs> uh, so I was going to say 3, but 5 is definitely worse than 3. Oh, 5 is definitely <laughs> worse than 3. No, no question. Yeah. No yeah, question. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I like I liked seeing them actually work together and, like, uh, Terra bringing up some of the the like coral for power girl to step on so they can balance like equalize the ship so it doesn't implode oh yeah that's the just, water. i mean ultimately this that's action cool. scene wasn't like the most like important thing in the world but it was like a really fun scene because you've got po- you've got power girl being giant trying to like you know hold the ship you got uh, Jericho doing his, you know, vision bouncing around from people to people, yep. which leaves him vulnerable because he ends up falling into the water. And that was like a sinking. great moment. We're like, are we sure we thought this through about Jericho being the leader? Because yeah. <laughs> he's always vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So you got you got Kid Flash zooming around getting the suicide belt. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that the, the scene was was a lot of fun. But you've got all these like character beats sort of spread throughout in between. You got Jericho, Jericho mad at Adeline for uh, you know. You know, yeah. pushing him into this life, and like, I want my mother back. You've grown cold and distant, and you're, you know, this evil person who's trying to like take on Deathstroke at his own game, uh, which is yeah. probably not the best thing to be doing. Um, and then we have the, the this current building seeds of uh, this uh, Willow uh, assassin or security for hire, yeah, uh, and this girl with amnesia and uh, all this stuff that's going on. So, you know. Things be happening. Things being set up. I'm almost worried that month to month I'm going to have to go back and just sort of recap the last couple of issues to make sure I'm I'm keeping track of everything that's going well, on. To be that's fair, what notes are for. Yeah, to be fair, that's what I had to do when it was shipping twice a month because they mm. were always so dense. I would kind of space on everything else. 
But here it's almost a little bit easier because it's it's gone from like spy action type stuff with Deathstroke to now they're full blown superheroes. Yeah. That's yeah, easier for me with, to catalog. With the, with the, you know, inception of the team and it being a team building book, yeah. it's not as much into just the family drama and all these these tangled web yeah. of secrets. So it's yeah. actually more digestible. And and they're still reminding you that somebody killed Jericho's wife to be yeah. I'm still not quite sure who it was. Yeah, he he, and, he keeps poking, well, not poking fun. That's maybe not the right phrase, yeah. but he, he keeps implying that Adeline may have had something to do with it. Yeah, well, she was Hive, and I forget, you know, because when we did the Judas contract, you forget that how entrenched Deathstroke was to yeah. Hive, and so, and and how much Adeline's been against them because of Deathstroke. So it's kind of like, well, I don't want my son getting involved with a Hive agent, so we're gonna. Do this for his own good, which makes her no different than Deathstroke, because that's always been Deathstroke's mo on dealing with his sons. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah he goes to ridiculous lengths to control everything in their lives. Yeah. yeah, you know, like hiring actors to play a fake family, just you know, so Rose, like. But yeah, we so we talked about the Inerton, but we didn't talk about why, because it it pierced his suit. Yes. Which. Yeah. Which it wasn't supposed to, that he basically yeah, let I Rose... Be, I later glossed over that, that, that Rose stabs yeah. him during training, and he's actually bleeding to death and, yeah, like, yeah. fall on top of her. And, like, his and whole she's like, oh, speech about fun the joke. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Good yeah, job on the blood. Good. <laughs> yeah. Was... yeah. Actually, I like that. It was as, uh, when they're leaving the mission from the boat, and he, uh, Wintergreen's like, oh, so what, what are you grading, grading them on this one? He's like, slightly less worse. Yeah. Once I don't believe I can take every single one of them down in sixty seconds, maybe I'll get a pass. Maybe not. I love how Wintergreen kind of is like, "Well, you're a charm." Mm. Like his whole yeah. tone. Yeah, is... he goes, I- "I'll encourage them when, I- when I'm unable to kill them all within sixty seconds." Yeah. Maybe yeah. at ninety seconds. Also, he talks about how he's really tempted to use this fancy sword, but if he has the sword on him, he will use it. Which is again cuts back to the training sequence when he's telling Rose used to walk around with dual katanas, but you never. You know, you he always used the the blunt side, which showed the enemies you were vulnerable. You know what your weakness yeah. was. His whole thing about if if you've got a sword, you got to be prepared to use it, and it's 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 kind of the same way that he treats guns as well, isn't it? It's like, look, yeah. I've got this. I'm going to use it. You've got to be prepared right. for that. And he gives that great thing. He's like, you know, if if you used one of these, Kid Flash, you'd be unstoppable. Yeah, terrifying. Uh, but yeah, all. Of, my question would be, why does he need it? Because he could just run around and snap everyone's neck. Or or just pull a book out of Reverse Flash and use his arms. Because cause, cause arguably a gun is almost like a crutch for people who don't have super speed because it makes the distance. Right. Yeah, so I Flash mean, doesn't really need it. He could just run up and stab people. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just that it'd be cool. I, I think Deathstroke just likes swords. He's like, no, these are cool. You should have one of these. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's intimidating. Even if you don't use it, I did run around with a sword. Like, come on. Yeah. Stay away from that guy. I, I can see it. So I, I did a quick count. Anyone like to guess how many edits notes in the issue? Uh, Baker's dozen. 12. 13. 10. Oh, Damn it. Closer. That was and, closer. And to be, I'll give it one, one credit is just the, uh, you know, the translated from that the you get in any of the issues. Still, nine's a lot then, if you discount that. Yeah. It is. Nine is it a is. lot for one issue. Yeah. So. Especially when it's not heavily continuity based. You know, and, like, I would expect that out of a crisis. 
mm. because it's pulling little pieces from here and there. But it, it's it's especially with like how we said like this feels less dense. It's more digestible. It's easier to follow than it was before. Yeah, the editors notes yeah. almost make it feel. It almost makes it feel like it is more dense because of all these yeah. editors notes when it's not really. Yeah. <laughs> and also just that I don't recall there ever being this many editors notes before. I mean, mm. how many? I mean, how many editors notes do we actually need, though? Like, how, like, did you feel like when you got to the sword and it mentioned, oh, this was uh, taken from uh, the store in a poker game, in issue nine, or yeah. the poker game? Is like, did we need to know that here? Like, is, is it a big deal? I feel unless they're referencing the poker game, you don't need it. Yeah. No. Unless again, it's one of these things where unless this is going to come up soon. And they're just reminding people, or like letting people know yeah. who didn't necessarily read those issues, who jumped on after Lazarus. Yeah, that's fair. Know. Still a really good issue, though. I think. Oh yeah, it was it was a solid issue. I can't, I can't make many complaints. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of things going on, a lot, a lot of things to pay off potentially whenever whenever Priest is like getting to his end game, which could be a long time. I have no idea what, how long his runs going to be but... yeah i have no idea but he set up so much that i hope he leaves himself enough time to do it all justice all right so that actually wraps up uh all the books this week so like i say week one pretty quiet uh only the mm-hmm. six uh brace yourself for a meaty one next week because we got metal issues and we got all sorts but uh but this week that is it so uh, we'll do our best stuff of the week uh which we usually start with uh, best panel of the week uh, I'm actually going to go first. I never usually go first, first. Yeah. But I am this week because it, to me it's just like an obvious pick. Um, and it's the one that I mentioned a lot in Batman. It's the it's when Riddler mentions killing Kate Man's son and gloating mm-hmm. about it. And you can just see Batman in complete darkness behind him. And you can feel how that must make Batman feel. Like it's all there. And it's just such a simple effect. But it's, it's, it's a sign of good storytelling that I just know I'm in his head in that panel. So... I guess yeah. my pick. Matt. So so mine's also from Batman, which was a tough pick, but it's the two face interaction where you have the two panels hmm. where it's Harvey talking on the top and then two face in the reflection. It's just handled super well and it kind of builds this tension that's there. Cool. Uh, Connor. Uh, I'm picking the same panel as Peter, but for different reasons. Oh, uh, for oh, me, it's God. instead of being like with with Batman, it's you know the the way Riddler is depicted in that panel where mm-hmm. it's like the, the most like the Joker he's ever looked. It's it's this is it where let's say like Batman's in his head because he's like okay what have I done? Because this is it. He's pushed Riddler to be worse almost. I like that we both picked that, but we both read yeah. completely different things from it, and they both work together, which just shows you how okay. strong that panel is. Uh, yeah. So uh, there you go. Uh, so best cover of the week this is tough opening up my, uh, my... I, I, I can go first on so I think it's pretty easy go, go on uh, I, I'm going to have to go with Green Arrow I think it's just it's it's real simple but it's gorgeous yeah honestly looking at them myself I have to agree with Green Arrow uh, I mean Batman's yeah. really good because it's a good Janin cover but yeah Green Arrow for me as well I, I think Green Arrow has the simplicity to it that it, it's it's got nothing to it, but also, it just works. I like how they're basically so. What, what it is, it's it's Oliver on his knee, like pointing the arrow up, and it's mm-hmm. like a beam of light, and it's the Green Lantern symbol that he's you know underneath him at the end of the beam. I didn't realize it was the Green Lantern symbol until right now, looking over the covers. Oh man, you silly sausage! I am. Um, I know. Uh, but what I like about it is it's basically a play on the idea of like when you know in movies when they're adopted by aliens, you get this big harsh mm-hmm. light on them. Uh, I like that it's this kind of playing on that. This is a fun idea. It's it's a real nice cover. You picking that as well, Matt? Are you? Uh... Yep, I am. Yeah. I can't. As much as I like the Superman cover, it's got way too much going on. 
Yeah. I don't think it was done by, um, what's his name? Vince Giver, but it looks like a Vince Giver. So, but yeah, too much going yeah. on. It's definitely Green Lantern. Green Arrows. Monkey. Monkey, okay. That makes sense. Sure. Uh, so, best art then, in general, for the week. Hmm. Uh, Connor, you can go first for that. Batman. Batman, Clayman on Batman. Cool, cool. Yeah. Connor? Uh, Matt, rather? That, that's the worst thing you could have done. No, it was. I didn't mistake you for Connor. I just glitched and said Connor gotcha. again. That's all it was. Yeah, but it's. it's I mean, Batman. no disrespect. I'll send you a fruit basket. There we go. Thank you. Uh, pineapples and bananas. That's my jam. So. Oh yeah. Expect all Obi-Wan. I I committed a cardinal sin there, so I need to make up for it. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be Batman. As I mean, Deathstroke was close. I liked the art in Deathstroke, but you know, we talked about all the different panels throughout. That great man issue, yeah. and how well it tells the story. So, yeah, it's amazing that Shannon's not on it, and we're going to have a home run here of uh, Batman as a pick. I mean, I was almost tempted to go Green Arrow because I do, I do like the art in Green Arrow a lot yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this week, but uh, Batman like had several standout pages and panels, and uh, you know, it's, it's amazing that someone can come in and do these two extra issues. Uh, in between all these Janin ones, and not feel like it's a yeah. step down. John, you know I feel it's really weird because I don't think I've necess—I don't know if I've picked a Janin issue yet as best art because he's always been up against like really good issues like Ferrara at his best, or you know, week three where it's just stacked with artists. Yeah, Cedric on Aquaman that week, and yeah, yeah, you've got loads on that week. So it feels weird picking Batman for the first time in ages, and suddenly it's not Janin. It's just a. Uh... Just, uh, it's just the way it's fallen, hasn't it? I Either that or it's a sign of just your inner workings and just... But no, but this thing, if, if this was a Janin issue this week, mm. it would have won. Like if, if the last ah. issue of Batman had been this week, I'd have picked it. It's just the way it's fallen with what he's been up against in, in the previous issues that now it just looks weird. Well, with that said, top five time, which is interesting, we only have six books. But... We're going to go to Matt for his top five first. Oh, man. So, one's going to be Batman. Two will be Green Arrow. Three, Deathstroke. Four, Nightwing. And five, Green Lantern, which leads out Superman and make you dirty. <laughs> but hey. Six folks. You have to leave off one. And, he's, and he yeah. manages to leave yeah. off Superman. I, I'm, I'm it shocked. didn't help that the art wasn't up to par with kind of the rest of them. And yeah. at least Green Lantern's had that you know, had the emotional impact more than I think Superman did. Yeah, and more consistent art as well. Yeah. yeah. All right, Carl? Uh, Batman, Deathstroke, Green Arrow, Nightwing, Green Lanterns. All right, uh, Batman at number one, Green Arrow at number two, Green Lanterns, no, nah, Deathstroke at number three, Green Lanterns at number four, Nightwing at number five. So... We all left off Superman, which isn't a surprise, yeah. I don't think. Uh, but there you go. So that is, we had a unanimous pick, uh, unsurprising. But uh, that is what our picks of the week are. So, um, 
I guess that leads me to tell you what's coming next week. And I am in so much trouble next I know, week. This is the polar opposite of this week. So brace yourselves for the list that I'm about to give you. Coming next week, we have Dark Knight's Metal number two. We also have a tie-in to Metal uh, in the form of Teen Titans number 12, which is not its usual week, might I add. Uh, it's mm-hmm. there because it's the start of the crossover. Uh, I, I think, um, from memory, the back of the checklist, hmm. the, the you know, the set list, so to speak, is uh, that's yeah. actually before issue two. Okay, good to know. Uh, actually, I, I feel like it was the other way around. Because I, I think Metal introduces why the crossover happens. I could be wrong, but I feel like from memory, that's what my understanding was of it. See, because I remember thinking that, but then I looked at the set list. Well, hold on, let me finish the list. You, you look yeah, it up yeah. and tell us at the end of the list. Um, so, yeah, so Teen Titans number 12. Uh, then we also have Action Comics 987. Uh, we have Batgirl and the Birds of Prey number 14. We have Detective Comics 964. We have The Flash number 30. We have Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 28. We have New Superman number 15. We have Supergirl <sighs> number 13. We have Superwoman number 14. We have Titans number 15. We have Wonder Woman number 30. And we have Mr. Miracle number 2. Oofed. Um... In terms of what we're not reading next week, which is also out, Suicide Squad number 25 is out, Just Leave America number 14 is out, and Red Hood Nail Laws number 14 is also out. Although, give Connor a few months, uh, and I'm sure he'll be reading that for Connor's Corner. Uh, so, what was the verdict on that? Uh? Teen Titans 12 is between Metal 1 and 2. Alright, okay, fair enough. Interesting. Which makes sense, because the whole point of this Titans issue is that Nightwing sends out a distress call. So if like, a gigantic mountain just shows up in the middle of Gotham City... That's enough to necessitate it. Is that the is oh. that the genesis yeah. of it? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Did not know that. Uh, cool. But yeah, so so we got a main event issue and we got a, a tie-in crossover issue as well. And so. and also, Oz Effect starts. Oh, is that next week? Oh, that's, Oz that's Effect next week as well. That's, so. I was gonna get to that. Okay. I, I thought Lonely Place of Living was starting as well, and I got super hyped for this week. So Metal Oz Effect <laughs> is not enough for Matt this week. And Mr. Miracle number two as well, might I add. Bro, Tim Drake, like, seeing what he's been up to. Yeah, no, dude, you're just hoping escaped. you're just hoping it connects to someone else popping Ooh. up that you've been dying for. Yeah. And <laughs> just to let you guys know, if that turns up and there's no other that character, I'm gonna be unbearable that week. I'm just let you guys know. Oh, right, yeah, because you're not unbearable anyway. No, I'm not. I'm a I was going to crack that exact same joke, but <laughs> Connor got in there first, so that's fine. I'm a damn peach, thank you. <laughs> I was gonna be like, so it's a normal week, Dad, is what you're saying. Shut up, Pete. <laughs> Connor's allowed. Why is he allowed? He's the worst. Because we, we take un, un, you know needed shots at him all the time. So <laughs> he's allowed to fire a couple off. He's like the little brother that you just like when you hit him, you give him a free shot so they don't tell mom. Like <laughs> it's true, you do do that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, uh-huh. you, you beat him to shit, like you know, proper pummel with like a plank of wood, and then you're like, all right, have one little smack just to feel yeah, better. Shh, 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 shh. <laughs> shush. Having my brother here this week, we had my other cousin over, and we used to put them both because they're the two youngest mm. through hell, and we were just reminiscing about the time my cousin got even with us by spraying us with Windex. Right in the eyes. So, yeah. I am suddenly very glad that I am an only child. Thank you very so, much. Yeah. You missed out on yeah, having I'm... someone younger to beat up. Yeah. yeah, but what if I was the younger one? I don't care. 
Uh, I'm the oldest, so it was never my problem. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, uh, wait, so you, you, you know that episode of How I Met Your Mother where they talk about why Marshall never gets into fights? Yeah. And then it flashes back it's, to it's, it's him surreal, and his brothers. It? Yeah, it is. Oh, man. I, I don't know if it's better or worse that Connor's younger brothers will be more diluted versions of him. Is that better or worse? I don't know. Are they not as bad I mean, because they're more deleted, or are they worse because it's like even less humanity? I feel like he's the Jason Todd. Like they just kept having Dick Grayson, and then <laughs> I've never been more insulted in my life. He's such the Jason See? Todd. And this is why I, I will take crap back from Connor. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. Well, that has been episode sixty. Eight, I think, of Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast. Let us know what you think of this week's books in the old comments below if you're on the YouTubes. You can also tweet at us at DC Comics Podcast if you want to get a hold of us. And also, individually, Matt, where can people find you on the Twitters? Find me at Matt of Steel 57. Connor, where can people find you? At Connor Ryan 94. You can find me at Wibble89, and uh, that, is, that is all that. If you want to support us, you want to support the podcast and get some bonus stuff, you can go over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. Um, before the next episode, we should have our monthly episode up that is exclusive to patrons. Me and Connor are going to be talking about Justice, uh, the Alex Ross painted book. Uh, so that should be fun. Uh, there's also a lot of little bits and extras of non-DC stuff that go up from time to time as well. So there's, you know, there's reasons to be over there and have a look if you want to do that and help us out. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. Keep reading DC Comics and always remember, never get lost in the Speed Force. I want Connor Kent to return so bad.